Hi, my name is Brooke Bartz. I want to say thank you for joining me. This is the Open Hearts Podcast. Wherever you're listening from, hopping in a van to take your kids to school, grabbing that last cup of coffee as you head out the door, curled up on the couch with the sun flooding through the morning window, or maybe you're sick and debilitated resting in your bed or walking in a trial that feels like it is consuming your world. Well, I want you to know something right now, that we are here as women together, as a community of women, of like-minded believers, listening together all across the world. I want to say thank you. I am so glad that you are tuning in and I know you will be encouraged to be a woman set apart to the glory of Jesus Christ alone. Welcome to the Open Hearts Podcast. This is episode six. Well, welcome back, Open Hearts gals. Like I said, this is episode six, and with the Christmas season approaching and the celebration of our Lord and Savior, the birth of Christ, it will be here before we know it. And I just thought it would be a really good idea to engage our souls and our hearts and fill them with the truth of why we love. Have you ever thought about that? Why do we love that baby who was born in this dark world who brought us eternal light? Why do we love the God of the Bible we all profess? Why do we love others? So what is biblical love, ladies? Have you thought about that? Where does it come from? Do we just have it? Are we born with it? Is it because we read the Bible? Is it because we go to church? Is it because we say that we know Christ? But what is biblical love? Do we really love with biblical love? Do all people know this love? Is it for all mankind? How is it given and why? So that's what we're going to talk about. That's what we're going to focus on. Before we get started, I do want to have a shout out to um, the two women that I adore and just cherish their wisdom and their godly knowledge to be able to impart scripture to all of us ladies through their podcast, the Women's Hope Podcast. So I want to say a great big shout out and thank you to Kimberly Cummings and Dr. Shelby Cullen, they have the Women's Masters, the podcast from the Women's um, Hope podcast from the Masters University, and it is to instruct women on discipleship, women's ministry, just to walk them through scripture and give us hope in this world, and I just love these women, and last episode, they were on the Open Hearts and a Closed World podcast, and we talked women's ministry, we talked discipleship, leadership skills, what to look for in a women's ministry, what to understand to grow as women who love the Lord. So it was just eye-opening, the things that they talked about from Titus with Scripture and the Great Commission and the Gospel. So I really, really encourage you to go back and listen to that episode. So I want to say a great big shout-out to Women's Hope Podcast and Masters University. I also want to say that I'm super excited because both these women will be teaching in the drum roll, please. Okay, I don't have one of those, but Open Hearts in a Closed World Women's Online Conference that we started, that I started last year. It will be annually. And ladies, go ahead and mark it on your calendar. It is July 12th through the 16th, and you are going to be blown away by the lineup of godly teachers God has provided for this conference. City of Light will be leading worship again, so we have some exciting surprises, some new things set for that conference, and I cannot wait to start sharing more about it, but that's just a sneak peek. But Dr. Cullen 
and Kimberly Cummings will be teaching in that as well. So you will be blessed. So that's my shout out for this episode. And I also want to direct your hearts to thinking about Christmas gifts, um, showing love. And if you know someone who is sick, chronically ill, has a disease, is suffering with a trial, and it's just, you know, Christmas is a time where there's hope because we have Christ. But those of us who are, you know, with disease and illness and walking through really hard times still during the Christmas holidays and, um, and we need encouragement. And so I wrote a book called Chronic Love, Trusting God While Suffering with a Chronic Illness. And I just encourage you to pick up that book. You can get it anywhere online, Christian bookstores, but the easiest way, um, and in stores, but the Barnes and Noble, um, online Barnes and Noble, but the easiest way is Amazon because you know, you guys, we know about Amazon. It ships right to you and it's there pretty quick. So it's a great gift to give people. It just talks about the sovereignty of our God as our chronic love, as our chronic savior, and walks us through being able to bring our hearts and minds back to the sovereignty of God through scriptures, knowing that he is walking with us in our trial of pain. And I use plenty of scripture. I use so much copyrighted that I had to use two versions. So it is packed full of scripture taught in exegesis in the right way. So I just encourage you guys to go get a hold of one of those books in God's sovereignty. And I just want to just say all glory to God, but I did receive word that in August it was made into Audible. So now it is paperback, Kindle, and Audible. So just go check out one of those. Anyways, we'll get started. So we want to focus on where the love of Christ comes from. So the verse that I chose is, we love because he first loved us, which is 1 John 4:19. So we're going to talk about that. So that's what I want to focus on. So we all love Christmas. We love decorating for the season. We love pulling out ornaments that are hung while we reminisce of the memories they represent. It's a hint of cinnamon ladies in the air as we bake timeless recipes of cookies and sweets. It's finding that perfect gift for someone and imagining the surprise on your loved one's face when they open it. It's watching your children wake up bright and early and race to see what's under the tree. It's carols and hymns and cocoa and cider and even sipping eggnog, which is not my favorite, but I will have some, by a fire. But that's not all Christmas is, and we know that. No, Christmas is celebrating Christ, our Lord and Savior, His birth. And listening, listen to this verse, Matthew 1, 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother, Mary, had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Y'all, this is Christmas love, open hearts, gals. If you are a believer, then you know this is sacrificial love. But the world, the unbeliever, men and women walking around still in darkness do not know how to love biblically, but worldly. It's a made-up, facade, trendy hip love that embraces all sin in the name of being tolerant and unconditional. 
But this is not love. This denies what his word clearly tells us in scripture. And we know that if we're believers. We know that if we love God, we will obey his word and look like him. The Messiah, the light of the world, came to this world for his beloved children, but not everyone. He came for those he called in eternity past that he set his love on. So you were chosen, right? You were set apart. You were called by name and chosen before the foundation of the world. You were loved. You were made his because of his grace, mercy, and love. Christ snuffed out, ladies, the flame of the fleshly old man in your soul and made you anew with the Holy Spirit who guides you in all truth. This truth, the truth of God's word that lights our path. It's the word of God, right? So if you were an open heart scout, you love Jesus. You love the light. You love the word. You love others. But understanding why is what we're going to talk about in this verse and how it applies to our lives. So 1 John 4:19 reads, We love because he first loved us. Wow, what a profound verse if we think about it. Christians, we sometimes make it about us, don't we, ladies? We think we do the things that we need to do by making our love of Christ about ourselves. that we do our duty to love Christ. We make it about ourselves by thinking we can somehow prove how much we love him by your own works, sacrifices, good deeds, by a checklist that you accomplish in the morning that we think is a quick fix to holiness. We jump to our lives being lived out because we love Christ, but we do it with the wrong motivation and the wrong heart. We're doing it to prove something. This is not the love of Christ, right? This becomes love of self. We love Christ, but when we make that love about proving something to someone or to ourselves, we know this is wrong. It's wrong motives. We can be extremely outwardly, all glittery, all sparkly like the star on top of the tree, but inside selfishly. We're like the Grinch, right? We seek approval and recognition. And this is not love. This is not biblical love. Open hearts, gals, we should love Christ first and foremost because we understand that he loved us first. Let me repeat that. Love Christ first and foremost because we understand that he loved us first. That's how we know we love. That is life-changing. When you can grasp that truth, we love Christ because he first loved us. This is a truth that should drive us to love him in truth, righteousness, holiness, striving to be like our Messiah, the Lamb of God, that infant chosen to be sacrificed before time, Christ on the cross. This is what makes you love. But where did this love come from? Like we said, does it just appear? Does everybody have it? Well, the verse in 1 John tells us that we love because he first loved us. And just to give you a little bit of background from this book, we know that John most likely wrote this epistle. This epistle was written to combat false teachers and strengthen the church to remember their faith as they were encountering these false teachers. Truths of scripture, ladies, are fundamental to the Christian and the Christian life, right? John wanted believers to remember the love of God, to love God first, to love him the way that he prescribes, and to then love others in faith and truth. We know John understood what love was. He was a chosen disciple of Christ. He was part of Jesus' inner circle. 
those men closest to Christ. He was left to rot on an island in Patmos. He was persecuted for his faith as he stood before people like you and me, those believers, right, that will one day reign with the Son as he poured out his heart and truth to unbelievers who would then be saved, who would become followers of Christ. John proclaimed truth, right? He also used that love of God shed out in his heart to proclaim truth of the gospel, to minister to the broken, the poor, the ugly in spirit, the evil caught in the snares of Satan. It just wasn't to teach men that were saved, but to go to those that were unbelievers and, and preach the gospel, preach truth. He ministered to their greatest need, their lost soul, their diseased heart, and this is love. Do we love like this? Do we love the way John calls us to love? John wrote this verse in Open Hearts Gals, just like all of scripture, this verse is meant for you and me. We can find ourselves in this verse and application. Who is the we, right? So that's what we're going to talk about. We love because he first loved us. We love. Who is the we John is talking to? Well, this verse is simple enough to memorize, right? But it holds a profound truth that at times we can brush aside because love can become familiar, settled, right? We all know this, complacent. But we know that biblical love should be bold, not fearful, that this world we live in is dark and we need to be the light, right? That truth should light the flame of love in our hearts to our great God to bring him glory alone by loving him. This verse speaks to those past, present, and future believers in Christ. Although John was talking to believers then to combat false teachers, we know the application can also be found that if we're believers, then we can look at the verse 1 John 4:19 and know that God's word doesn't change. It's the same today, yesterday, for all eternity, and it's written for his children. So we are his children if we are Christians. And so this verse is for us. It applies to us. Um, it's speaking to those past, present, and future believers in Christ. It's not just for believers at your church, but for believers around the world from every tribe, tongue, and nation. That's how we're called to love, right? It's not speaking to those who are not adopted into the family, though, right? If, if, People say they're believers, but they don't walk in his truth. They have no fruit. They don't love his word. They don't obey his commands. Um, they're not truly redeemed because the Bible tells us what a believer's life looks like. So it's not for the world of unbelievers. It's not for every religion. It's for relig the, the believers in Christ alone who profess Jesus as Lord of all, right? So it's not for everyone. It's not for those adopted that are not adopted into Christ's family because they cannot exhibit this supernatural love. Biblical love comes from Christ. People without Christ may look as moral and as squeaky clean when it comes to their lives, their jobs, their family, but they do not have the love of God. They cannot supernaturally love the way Christ calls us to. They don't have the Holy Spirit within them. They don't have the fruit of the Spirit. They're not being transformed. They don't understand what love is. They are blind, deaf. They worship the God of this age, Satan. So they don't understand truth, right? So they don't have 
biblical love. They have worldly facade love. We know that. Everybody has that kind of love. But true love, biblical love, only comes from Christ alone. So, application one, why do we love as Christians and how? We learn this because Christ first loved us, right? Christ loved us first. He loved us first. He chose us. So, this is why we love, because Christ loved us first. Owen Hart Scouts, do you understand how deep, how fulfilled, and how encompassing his love is? He loved us first. We could not understand the divine call of love that ransomed us, ransomed us from hell. And without the great conqueror of death who was sheared as an innocent lamb, as a bloody sacrifice, designed before time, this plan by the Father, as he poured out that love Christ did with his blood physically and spiritually by his death and resurrection. And now he sits at the right hand of the Father in glory. God is love. That love we were incapable of knowing without God loving you first. You are incapable of loving and knowing that love without God loving you first. It is divine. It is not earthly or worldly, but sacrificially stamped before time began as the plan to glorify God. For God to glorify himself and redeem a people to himself. This love was created by God. And the inheritance we receive because of that divine love is what? Eternal salvation. So we love because he first loved us. Because God loved us, we love. It's that simple. This we as you and me, like we just learned. So John MacArthur says, be interested in the answer to where to find perfect love. But it is the truth that it resides only in Christ. That's where love is. It resides only in Christ. Open hearts, gals. How was this love given? What is the meaning of this verse? Well, John 3.16 tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. The outline of our life and how to love is laid out in Scripture. We find it in Scripture. That's how we know how to live a biblical life, a life that honors God, a life that doesn't make the idols of our heart and this world be what we worship because we know Christ. We live godly lives by obeying scripture, not obeying books and um, what's psychology and pop psychology and sociology and being woke and social justice and what they stand for is not in scripture. Abortion is not in scripture. We know that it is, but I mean, we don't we don't agree with abortion like they do. God hates it. He abhors it. He abhors the lifestyle of sexual immorality, LGBTQ. He doesn't celebrate it. He doesn't embrace it like the Democratic Party does. And he doesn't want to make policies from it. This is wrong. Sorry, you guys. I just kind of got off a little bit. But um, we understand that love is loving Christ that, um, like it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That world is for believers. So we live our life not based on those things of the world's desires, the world's lusts, and what they tell us through media and and through um, books and television and the narratives. It's all worldly and set up by Satan. We live our life and it's laid out for us in scripture. We must first understand what love is and where the love we have for Christ came from. That's what's important. 
John 15, 9-17 says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his brothers. Right? We're called to love the way God's called us to love, to hate sin and to tell people the good news of Christ, right? John 15, 9 through 17. We abide in his love by keeping his commandments. It says, so I have loved you. It says, so you love one another as I have loved you. We can only love as a result of God loving us first. So John 14, 21, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me and he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. And here's another verse, Deuteronomy 7, 9. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. John 14, 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Jesus answered him, John 14, 23 and 24. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words and the word that you hear is not mine, but the father's who sent me. John MacArthur says, how do we test it? Do you obey the word of God? Do you love the Lord and do you love his people and do you hate the world? Even though tempted by it and sometimes unfaithful, it grieves your heart because it's not really what you love. So this should be your testimony to the world, the assurance of your salvation. We love because he first loved us. We love others and we love Christ because he first loved us. And it says in Galatians 2.20, which is such a monumental verse, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Romans 5.8 But God shows his love for us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Open hearts, gals. We're talking about love, right? So we need to understand it's no longer you. You are no longer alive, but Christ the Lord living in you, and the King lives in you. You must understand that that is the kind of selfless love that is within you. The Holy Spirit, God himself, and that love that's manifested in your heart is what you're to show to others, right? You love that way. You've been crucified with Christ. Can you imagine actually physically being crucified on a cross? The agony and torture, spiritually, your old man was done away with and crucified, and you are a new creation who can love that way. The example of godly love, sacrificial, compassion, graceful, merciful, holy, set apart to do the work of the Father, making disciples and telling others of the hope found what? Only in Christ. That's where we have eternal life. When we repent, we hate our sin, we turn to Christ, we bow the knee, we place our faith in Him alone for salvation. Y'all, we need to understand this, that this day and age, the spirit of the age is trying to take that love, that biblical love, and hijack hijack it and convince you that love is what? What love is? Love is love. Listen to these slogans. 
Lady Gaga, who I, you know, it's Lady Gaga. We know who she is, but we, you know, we know that this is just, this woman is completely an unbeliever, unregenerate, sinful, and hates God. And she says this, some women choose to follow men and some women choose to follow their dreams. If you're wondering which way to go, remember that your career will never wake up and tell you that it doesn't love you anymore. So she equivocates love to herself, right? And her career, what she wants to do. Um, And that's obviously not the love of Christ. That's obviously not the kind of biblical love we're called. Um, We are taught that every day. You come first. Your happiness, fulfillment come before anything else. And as Christians, we can't buy into this. We have to make sure we are taking care of ourselves because we won't have anything left to give to others if we would neglect ourselves because we need to be filled up. Y'all, that is really, really bad, bad philosophy. It's a bad, it's not the mind of Christ, right? Like that's what the world feeds us. That's what sociology, pop psychology, take care of yourself. But we don't ever see that in scripture, right? We never see that in scripture. So don't buy into that. Christ was the ultimate example of the opposite of that, right? He sacrificed his very own life. He never put himself first and he calls us to, right? Right? Do not merely look out for the interests of yourself, but for others, right? We're called to die to ourselves, right? Not be selfish, to love others. So um, Will Smith says this, The central idea of love is not even a relationship commitment. The first thing is a personal commitment to be the best version of yourself with or without that person that you're with. You have to every single day, mind, body, and spirit, wake up with a commitment to do better. To be better, sorry, not do better. That's Will Smith. So that's what celebrities tell us. That's what the world says. Um, We know right now what we're suffering through our... um, you know, that's being regurgitated over and over to us through social media and the, the way that the world is with um, news and society is love is Black Lives Matter. Instead of being made in the image of God, right? That's what matters. All life matters. Being his image bearer. It's not any melanin, right? Melanin is is not where biblical love is found. Biblical love is loving everyone made in the image of God, which is everyone, right? So we, all those people matter, right? Everyone matters. The world says that love is to tolerate evil and reprobate minds because that is what we're force fed, right? Blogs, false teachers who claim to love Christ, but promote ungodliness by acceptance of the commands that God forbids and hates. We know God hates abortion. I said that earlier, God abhors those who love iniquity and practice sexual immorality. His wrath abides on those who love their sin and choose darkness. And what does God say love is? We've learned. Where does that kind of love that chooses to obey God come from? When we stand up for truth, even though you are knocked down by others who call you judgmental and hateful, that is biblical love. It's abiding in the truth and obeying his commandments as he calls us. Man will always choose to love sin because they don't understand the love of God, right? They tell us to love everyone, you know, that love and the gospel is a bridge to every kind of religion and every kind of religion 
leads to Jesus, if we can just bridge that and accept them, that's not, that's ecumenical. That's not love, right? So we have to loyally defend our faith and walk in it. We have to loyally obey God and his commands and love him. Do you have this kind of love or do you love the way the world does? Open hearts, gals, application too. So we've just learned that. Love is taught in scripture by the sacrifice of what love is. Because love is a person. Both showed love. The father, right, to offer up his only son for us. And Christ to take that sacrifice for us. This is how you should love. Do we reach out to those who do not look like us when we walk into church? Do we seek those out who are sitting alone in the pews, who have walked into a building that is supposed to be the body of Christ, hoping that they will be loved by a body of believers, right? If they're new to church, do you have dinner with your crew, your gang? Do you do life with only those who laugh at your jokes, have the same kind of taste in clothes like you? Are your friends those that love Christ the way Christ does, right? Are you reaching out to others? If your life is a cookie-cutter Christianity, then my sister, I just want to challenge you that you are not love, loving with the worthy love that hung with every breath and nail-bled hands, a crown of thorns that was pierced, because you need to love others as Christ has called us to with the truth of God's word, not those that just look like you, right? We need to share the gospel with unbelievers. That's love. Do you love with the conviction to love others with the love Christ had, the love that John wrote about, right? We love because he first loved us. Love resides in Christ alone. You can't catch it like an outfield fly, gals. You can't stumble upon it like you do a flower for your spring bouquet. You can't order it like takeout food. You can't search for it like the last puzzle piece that eludes you. It was given as a free gift. A free gift that bids you come and die to yourself. Calvin writes, God has freely loved us. We also ought now to love him. So I just want to close with helping you understand that we love because he first loved us, right? The love that God gave us was because he chose to die for us and we couldn't experience that love. We can't have that love without understanding that Christ died for us to have the love to then love him back as believers, right? We can't biblically love others if we don't know Christ, if we haven't been redeemed and bought by his blood. And we is talking about believers. It's not the world. It's not the unregenerate. It's believers. It's those who have been transformed by the power, right, of God's word through the Holy Spirit living inside of us. So we love biblically. We obey his commands. We live in his truth. We abide in his commands. If we love him, we will obey his commands. We love because he first loved us. Because Christ loved us, we are able to love him back with a full love. And we are also able then to love others with that full love. Gill says this, His love is from everlasting as well as to everlasting. For he loves his people as he does his son. And he loved him before the foundation of the world. His choosing them in Christ as early and blessing them with all spiritual blessings 
the covenant of grace made with Christ from all eternity, the gift of grace to them and him before the world began, and the promise of eternal life to them so soon, show the antiquity and priority of his love. His love shown in the mission and gift of his Son was before theirs, and when they had none to him. And his love in regeneration and conversion is previous to theirs, and is the cause of it. His grace and regeneration brings faith and love with it, and produces them in the heart. And his love shed abroad there is the moving cause of it, or what draws it first into act and exercise. And the larger the discoveries and application of the love of God Wow, that is just, I love that quote because it encompasses that entire verse. And that's what I want you to think on as we close, ladies, to understand that verse, 1 John 4, 19, we love because he first loved us. And as you think about Christmas approaching, think about the baby that was born in the manger, who hung on the cross, who um was resurrected and lives at the right hand of the Father and chose to love us by going to the cross. The Father chose to give us salvation. He gave us his love by giving us his Son. What a beautiful verse to meditate on as we celebrate Christmas. So that's what I wanted to talk to you about was breaking down 1 John 4:19. And for next episode, we're going to talk about Mary and how she was just this really strong, amazing young woman to carry Christ and to just endure all that she did and what that should look like, how we can be Marys in our lives, the characteristics of Mary at Christmas in the story of the birth of Christ. So I'm excited about that episode. We'll talk about the opposites, like what we don't want to be, like the world, like the false teachers and and celebrities and these things and and what Mary looks like, um, how we should biblically look like Mary and not the world and not what the world screams at us to look like, to be about ourselves and those kind of things. So we'll look at the qualities of a godly woman as pertains to Mary, the mother of Jesus. So I'm excited about the next episode. I'm so glad that you were here, that you tuned in. I love you guys. Would you subscribe to my podcast? It's on all major podcast platforms. And tell your friends, go leave a review I am part of the Bar Network, the Biblical and Reform Network, and you can find my podcast anywhere, the Open Hearts Podcast, and look forward to the Open Hearts in a Closed World Women's Online Conference that's coming. You guys are going to be just love that. I'm so excited about that. So go subscribe to my podcast now, leave a review, and also my YouTube channel, Open Hearts in a Closed World. When I have video interviews, you can watch those there, like last episode with the Women's Hope podcast. You can watch that one there. So go subscribe to my YouTube channel for updates. And I can't wait to share you share truth with you guys on the next episode about Mary. And one more thing, also I have a, a Facebook group called Open Hearts in a Closed World. It's about 1,300 ladies right now. And we just um, talk back and forth through comments, through posts that we leave. And right now I'm doing an Advent daily devotion And we're following a reading plan all the way up to um, Christmas Day. And I post that there. So you can go and join my Facebook group, 
Open Hearts in a Closed World. You'll also hear things coming up about the conference as well. So that's Open Hearts in a Closed World. Um, you can join that Facebook group. So look forward to seeing you guys next time, praying for you all. Thanks so much for the encouragement so far. Keep telling your friends about this podcast. Go subscribe now, and I will see you next time. Love y'all, open hearts, cows. Hugs and prayers to you all. Bye.